You are listening to episode 234, and today we're talking all about why you don't have to feel miserable during the holidays and how you can do that. Take a listen. Hey everyone, welcome back to Same Boat Huddle. I'm so happy to have you here. And if you're listening on the Monday that this comes out, it's before Christmas. Uh, or the holidays or just that time of year, then there might be a New Year celebration, whatever it might be for you. And um, I've been talking with a few of you behind the scenes because last week's episode, I mentioned that I wanted to do a recording focusing on how to get through the holidays in a way that feels good. Uh, and I essentially, all of us have our own individual situations, right? We all have uh, specific family dynamics or marriages or aged kids, uh, different distances between family and visiting and all of those things. But ultimately what I find is that underneath all of this, we have the same thing in common. And I think that one of the biggest things is that we are a generation that's in a stage of essentially balancing who we were as children to our families and who we are now as adults. And there isn't a very concrete line of this is how you show up as a child. And now that you're not a child, you get to show up this way as a grown up. (laughs) And I think it's really hard because we're dealing with different family dynamics where it's just as hard for them to accept us as as not the child anymore us to accept them as as not mommy or daddy that they are we can now interact with them as adults two separate adults interacting and it's very muddy and gray and um, there's no manual on how to do this part of life and all the transitions and stages so I think this is what creates a lot of the guilt and anxiety throughout the holidays of how am I supposed to do this and fear of disappointing people and what's right and all the messaging that's out there like you know you watch tv and everybody's having these beautiful, happy family holidays uh, celebrations. And it's like, well, how come it doesn't feel like that? And I feel like for a lot. So again, as I always, always say, it's we can't generalize to every single family. I'm, I know there are families out there who are like, we, we have a great dynamic. It's healthy. We enjoy it. We have fun. We don't run into these issues. And I think that's amazing. But I think that there's a display as if there's more of that than there actually is. And I think most people can actually relate to the stress of the holidays of getting together. So what I want to talk with you about is how to manage and move through this. But I think it's a lot deeper than any of us want to to deal with, quite honestly, because it really is very deeply rooted. It is a lot more about your own inner work than controlling circumstances that you really don't have control over or people that you don't have control over. Um, so yeah, so just keep that in mind. It is deeply rooted and I think it's, it's a process. I don't think it's a light switch or uh, a toggle that can be shifted and everything will change. Um, so it's, it's pretty complicated in that way. But so something I think that really happens, here we go again with my throat, is that, and this I mentioned in in the last episode as well, and it's something that's, I'm just very keen and aware of right now that it's like, oh, okay, this is beginning to make sense of this concept of our true self and our role self. And I think most of us 
play a role. And it doesn't mean that we don't have our true self or it's not there. It is. That's what creates so much dissonance because we're not catering to the true version of who we are. We're catering to the role of who we think people want us to be. And and I think that this shows up significantly and, and even more so around the holidays because there are a lot of expectations um, especially as adult children with who are the parents of the grandkids and, and that kind of thing. So it can be really difficult um, where we're fulfilling this role where we want to be able, so essentially the role self, this is, this is who we have learned to become to fulfill our healing fantasies. So what our healing fantasies are, are um, what we hope a relationship will look and feel like. So an extreme example might be <clears throat> um, a parent never shows love to us ever. They've never said, I love you. They've never acknowledged all of the success and the work and accomplishments that you've created or, or the family you have or how beautiful your home is or the car that you drive or that you have kids who are respectful and kind and you have a spouse who is respectful and kind to you and that, that there's no acknowledgement of any of that. <clears throat> But you do all of those things and play this role so that maybe one day the parent will say, Aaron, you've done such an amazing job and I'm so proud of you and I love you because that's what we're looking for. So we learn to fulfill the role looking for that thing or like maybe you actually wanted to move away and become um, an artist but you stayed local and became a lawyer because you knew that that was a way that maybe mom or dad or whomever it might be would love you that maybe they'll finally accept me if I do these things that I know they're expecting of me so again that's kind of an extreme example but I but also not I think a lot of us can relate to things like that so that's our role self so part of the holidays is like we're expected to show up or or host or make this dish or uh you know to just let our kids run wild or like to be able to eat all the sugar even though we know that's not good for them or just all all of those same dynamics come in. And I think what happens is our true self knows what she or he wants, right? They know how they want to feel in the holidays. And it's also very difficult to accept what's actually real. You know, again, we can't live in our fantasies because that's ultimately what creates a lot of the guilt and anxiety. So I think when our true self and role self are out of alignment and kind of warring against each other is when we experience that guilt and anxiety because there's a dissonance that's happening. So going against our role self, meaning saying, uh, I am going to move, I am going to become an artist, whether you like it or not, or no, I'm not going to have children, or I am, and I'm going to raise them this way, even though you raised me this way and you think that's right, or whatever it might be, like being very true to who we are is very counterintuitive and also very countercultural. And because of this, and this is really important to understand, is that stepping out of your role self and, and so your role self is all, it's your subconscious, it's your wiring, it's your programming, it's your inner voice, your inner child, like there's so much. And this is what I mean by how complicated it is that if we go against that, like everything we've known how to function in our decades of living it can really trigger our nervous system where the trauma lies. And that is what contributes to the creation of the role self. So our, our, and what I mean by trauma is like, even as simply as, and maybe more this than anything, our emotional needs not being met as a child that creates trauma inside of our bodies. 
And then when that's triggered, we learn to create safety by living inside of a role. So actually, our role self is our safety, even if it might not be healthy, even if it's inside of a toxic um, a toxic relationship or situation, but it's still our safety. It's what our brain knows and what it has known to do to keep to keep us safe from the emotional neglect of the uh, what word do I want when you not the uh, the lack of acceptance, things like that. So we have learned to try and seek love and acceptance and validation through being the role that we're fulfilling. So it's going to be very triggering if you try and go go against that, which is why, (laughs) circle back, when we feel like we want to do something different for the holidays, we're afraid to do it because it feels unsafe. It triggers our nervous system. It irregulates it and it responds with guilt and anxiety. So hopefully, maybe like I feel like I need a flow chart (laughs) to show all of that. So now what I want to share with you are just a couple... um, I'm going to give a couple tips for specific situations on how you can support yourself through it. So the first situation are just plans in general. Maybe, you know, this is for people who don't always have the same plans every year, or maybe they're just a little different and it's, you kind of get to decide each year, what do we want to do? But there might still be expectation and definitely role fulfillment. So what I would give the three steps I would tell you are one, identify your core values around how you want to spend the holidays. So you can even look up online core values, like a list of core values, and see what they are for you. Maybe just pick the top three, or what what are the top three core values that I have of how I want to feel during the holidays? And from there, then I want you to ask yourself, do my plans align with these core values? So for instance, if your core values are peace, if they are openness, and happiness, but the plans that you're considering are 40 family members in a tiny home who argue and fight and there are a million elephants in the room and your schedule is jam-packed and you feel miserable every time you have those, like engage in that during the holidays, none of your core values are being met. So it's not going to feel good, Right. So consult with your spouse. If your kids are old enough, I encourage you to also allow them to think about how do you want to feel during the holidays? What are your core values? And as a family, come up and um, consolidate your core values and figure out what plans can meet at least the top core value for each person in the family so that everybody's emotional needs are being met and make plans according to that. And then align it all. And and there's, and I'll come into this with the next section, but you want to have boundaries around that. So maybe uh, your parents hold holiday dinner and you're expected to be there the entire day and like through dessert and beyond. But that doesn't quite match all of the core values. Like maybe the kid's core value is like connecting with their cousins, but you and your spouse's core values are peace and quiet and like especially by early evening on Christmas Day so that you can relax, right? So maybe that means a shorter visit. And it's just saying we're coming, but we're coming from this time to this time, period. That's my boundary. No emotional attachment to that. You can have your emotions, but that's what we're doing, okay? So it's, it's recognizing that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. There can be the moderation in how you choose to do things. So the next thing is what if you have 
expected specific plans. Like you are expected to do this because you have always done it since you were a child. But since you were a child, you have grown into an adult. You've become married. You now have children. Child, wow, that came out funny. You now have children. Maybe you live further away. Um, any any of the th- you're just different. You are not the same person today that you were when you were ten, right? But you're still expected to celebrate exactly the same way as you always have. So in this situation, what I would suggest is number one, identify the stressors and communicate them with whomever. I would say like, I'm thinking more around like your spouse. If you're married, to be able to communicate the stressors with your spouse because one of you is going to the in-laws usually, right? So being able to communicate, um, you know, when your dad says these things to me, it triggers me. Or when our nephew or niece or whomever acts like this, this triggers me. When um, when the kids are fed sugar behind our backs, it triggers me. When your aunt comments about our parenting skills, that triggers me. When I specifically say I want to leave by six to get the kids to bed on time and you continue staying and talking with people and I have to be like nag you to get out the door by eight, that triggers me. So be sure you communicate and identify the different stressors. And obviously communicate with effective communication skills and then develop those boundaries. Like I just said, so sometimes maybe, and again, being sure they align with your values. So maybe it's, um, I know that you guys used to come over on Christmas morning, but now that the kids are older, like we want to have a quiet morning. That's what we value. Can we do presents with you the day after Christmas or maybe on Christmas Eve or Christmas afternoon instead? Or, um, I know that we usually come for dinner this year we'll be coming for dessert only we look forward to it right so know that you can create boundaries around the things that trigger you or if someone says something to you um well I'll get into the unhealthy relationships after that so um okay so now triggering or unhealthy relationships dynamics or atmospheres and I think that this is very common for a lot of us you just you get so many people in a room who are all different individuals have different life experiences have different feelings around um life it's going they're going to be different and hard dynamics so once again number one know your limits and boundaries number two detach your observe um have detached observation and don't take things personally so this is connected to our role self this is part of the healing fantasy right so like if you just desperately want your brother-in-law to accept you let's say like I just want them to accept me so your healing fantasy is I always try and show up I like put on my best outfit figuratively like I put my best foot forward is what I think I was looking for there and I try and lead with kindness I you know I take breaks when I need to all these things but then he always says these mean things to me or he's always like passive aggressive or undermines what I'm doing or things like that we take it, that's taking it personally, right? So if we can detach that emotion and just observe the person and what they're saying and not allow it to, to and this is so much easier said than done, especially if we have a history with certain people, it's recognizing how to not say, take things personally. I definitely recommend reading the four agreements because there's a whole section on this. It's one of the agreements. It doesn't mean to allow people to walk all over you. Um, you can set up your boundaries of saying like, I don't accept that comment. That's not fair. Or, you know, if, if someone's putting down what you do for a living or like, I can't believe you don't work and you just stay home or something like that, you can make the choice to not take it personally, observe that person and immediately change the subject. Or you can say, I am not comfortable with you criticizing what I do with my day. How was your Christmas Eve? 
and changing the comments. So you can put those unemotional boundaries down. Uh, And then number three is take breaks. You are allowed to step outside. You are allowed to be in the bathroom too long. You're allowed to sneak away upstairs into the guest room and hide for a moment. You're allowed to do those things. You're allowed to walk away from conversations. You're allowed to have someone saying something to you and you can say, excuse me, I need to walk away, right? So you're allowed to take those breaks. I feel like there could be so many more things around um, the unhealthy dynamics. And then ultimately, what I think it comes down to is that if it's like, if it's too hard for you to be there at all, you have permission to not go. If, and I heard this on, on, uh, like in a meme or online or story real, I have no idea. But if, if a holiday situation, the only way you can get through it is by drinking a lot of alcohol, you shouldn't be going. If you need to numb your nervous system that hard just to be there, why are you doing it? And that's a big question of why do any of us, and something that my husband and I have been contemplating a lot too, is like, why is there such obligation to do things that make people miserable and anxious for the holidays? It's the weirdest thing. It's like, why does it have to be like that? It's not that, or like, or the the shame of like, you need to spend time with your family. It's like, well, but if I'm not comfortable with my family or it feels really stressful or it really aggravates my nervous system or, you know, this person's always really mean to me or like whatever the thing might be, why do we have to do that on the holiday? Maybe we can do that when we feel a little more apt to, to handle it. Like in the summertime when we can all be outside, <laughs> maybe it's a little easier. So see your family then, you know what I mean? So we, but so then the last thing I'll say is support your nervous system. So like I was saying, your nervous system can be triggered. And in all of the the stuff that's shared out there, I'm, I'm realizing a lot of what I've learned in this year and I think will be a lot more of what I focus on and, and help guide and, and heal is that we don't consider how much trauma is held in our bodies and how dysregulated our nervous systems are. So we can't take these beautiful tools and suggestions and steps and apply them if we're not aware of how our nervous systems are responding and if we're not taking care of them. So through the holidays, be sure you're focusing on that more than anything. I want you to um, engage in self-love and acknowledging the inner child. And you can say, Aaron, Jessica, Lindsay, Jennifer, like whoever's listening, say your name and say, Aaron, you went through a lot with this family And I know they're your family and that you love them, but it's okay to not want to be with them right now because they weren't there for you and they should have been or whatever your story is, right? So self-love, acknowledge all that. Be sure you breathe, drink a lot of water and move. Movement's really important to help release emotion from your body. So I want you dancing, shaking, um, doing some squats, stretching, doing some sun salutations, stuff like that to help move emotions out your body. So you want to be doing that probably throughout the day on the holidays or like if you're in family situations. Also go slow. So what we want is to feel safe. And the thing is, is that the right thing or the healing thing isn't always what our brain sees as safe. Because like I said before, You have learned all these coping mechanisms, which is your role self, in order to feel safe. So we can't blast our brain with this new, like we're just cutting it off at the hip or the ankles. I can't think of any phrases right now. (laughs) We're just cutting it off and it's going to be hardcore cold turkey 
that's really going to aggravate the nervous system. And I want you to be really aware of the signals and cues that your body and nervous system are giving you and to be able to support that. So sometimes that does mean also going slow. Sometimes it doesn't mean like we're going, we're going to like completely disengage from our family totally and not do the things, but maybe it just means kind of shrinking it down. Like again, just going to dessert instead of the full dinner or, um, again, you know, apply that to how it's relevant to you or only going to this person's house instead of all of these people's houses or choosing to see these people at this time or because the schedule, like we can't, like we're just going to do something after the new year and that's okay. So go safe and just really nourish your nervous system. Be sure you're again, breathing, water and movement are really, really important. Um, and I don't think we talk enough about how connected things like this are to our body not just our brain. Okay. So if you have any specific, um, questions or need support in any way, be sure to reach out to me, Aaron at AaronJoyceCo.com. Again, I'm on Instagram at AaronJoy725. Um, just send a DM and a friend request and I'd be happy to have you there. I hope that you all have a really beautiful holiday and I will be back the week after Christmas. Um, I'm not planning on taking a break, so I'll be here. So as always, if there are any specific topics you want to hear about um, or hear my thoughts, I'd love to hear from you and, and share them here on the podcast. So, all right, treat others the way you want to be treated, and I will talk to you next time.